You're listening to the podcast for grain merchandisers by grain merchandisers. Join us in our good humored attempt to serve as a voice of reason in an industry fraught with misconceptions and half truths. And now, from deep in America's heartland, this is the Elevator's Cut. Welcome back to another episode of the Elevator's Cut. I am one of your hosts, Jason Wheeler. And I'm the other host, Roger Gaddis. Jason, we survived Thanksgiving. We did. Merry Christmas to you. Happy New Year. No, Merry Christmas. That's uh <laughs> That's good. We we are we're back. We've been doing episodes after episodes here. We're uh cramming them in before the end. I of the feel year. a reversion to the mean coming on. <laughs> it's like fiscal year end coming up. We gotta <laughs> cram these in, get credits for our quotas and things like that, I guess. But anyways, we do have an exciting event happening next week. We're about to take the the big trek over to uh, the other side of the state. And head to St. Louis for oh, CEC. Yeah, I forgot about that. Thanks for reminding me. That's, <laughs> that is coming up, isn't it? Heck yeah. So we're going to be over there, uh, hopefully seeing several of, of you folks out uh, there, out in the trade show area, wherever. Try not to come on stage while we're up there, but we are going to do a do a session. Did we get the shirt cannon? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, we'll have to see. Okay. We'll have to see if the Amazon comes in on time. but. The yeah, we're gonna do a session. I guess we're uh late morning on the first morning, the seventh Wednesday. Of, yeah, that's the the first day of the of the meeting. We're gonna be up there running a panel and we're gonna record it live for the podcast. So it'll be its own episode, hopefully. Uh assuming technical difficulties don't get us, but that's our it'll that's be our fantastic. Goal. I would say if you're if you're coming, definitely try to reach out to us, come by. Uh, chat and a special request request from me. Bring me a hat. I like hats from grain elevators. You gotta be specific. Place. You want an elevator hat, not just a random <laughs> hat that a salesman <laughs> dropped off at an elevator, right? <laughs> yeah, I got enough like Asgro hats and stuff what, like that. What if they brought you a tumbler? I <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and pass on that. <laughs> You know, this this is the uh, the swag thing. Everybody wants to give out things to hold beverages with. Like I don't like I I got enough cups and stuff. Like leave me alone. I I'm over it. I'm over all the cups, all the tumblers, all the coffee mugs. I, I do use the coffee mugs, but I got so many now. It's just I appreciate the thought, but my goodness. Well, what would you rather give, have? Give me a hat. But you have just as many hats. Yeah, but you know, I don't know. I enjoy those. I don't know. But anyway, bring me some. Bring me a, a sticker or a, a book of matches or I don't know <laughs> from, from something. A pocket knife, you name it. There's all sorts of good stuff. Chip clips. I mean, I'm still on a fan of chip clips are the best of swag things. I've seen some magnetic uh, ones. Elevators give out spatulas and ice cream scoops. Maybe. How would you like to be a salesman of swag trinkets? <laughs> How would you approach oh that? Oh my gosh. Let me let me open up my uh, Sherlock Holmes case here and lay before you all of the things. But, uh, well, hey, we're going to be at a trade show. There's going to be swag oh my gosh. all over the place. I mean, we're talking pencils, 
We're talking peppermint rubber keychains. <laughs> Maybe Andy's mints. I don't know. Yeah, I mean it could be Yorks. Come on, somebody. The the great thing about you know, as you get to be an adult, now we're professionals. We're going to professional <laughs> conventions. And it's, you know, it's still luring people with candy. Like they're still there. Trick or treat. <laughs> they give you a bag, you go around to different places. You say the obligatory thing and you get magical stuff in your bag. Uh, you're not supposed to take candy from strangers. That's what they always tell you as a kid. Well, that's why you shake hands first. Then you're no longer a stranger. That's right. It's the Forrest Gump mentality or whatever. In tradition of the bus driver. You remember that? Anyways, but this is a chocolate thing. <laughs> so anyways, uh, we're, we're going to be there. Come say hi. It's always a good conference. So lots of lots of folks there. And uh, we are one of the folks that will be there. Folk. Uh, today, topic-wise, we're going to talk about managing this year despite having flat or inverted spreads pretty much the whole year in both corn and beans. And I know as well as you do listening and, and Roger that in years where there's no carry, elevators can't make any money. That's what I've heard. Is that true? No. Okay. But, I, you know, we, we joke, but I mean, that is the common refrain. I mean, people know elevators make money off of carry in the market, right? They, they do. They can. That's absolutely, absolutely true. Uh, so a lot of people think, well, no carry in the market. Uh, there, there's not really a big return to carrying grain, which is true. Uh, but there is ways to make money as a grain elevator. So we want to talk today about how that's done because because Roger and I both have we work with a lot of folks over the last couple of decades that have seen flat and inverted years but in the face of that have had their record years for their company profitability wise so how do they do that do they just steal from the farmer Roger I'm still trying to process the fact you said us in the term last couple of decades man we are old that's right that's crazy yeah well um but it's true. It's true. There, there's some folks that you're having fantastic. Holy cow, the margins. You know, and it's kind of the old saying, as goes the farmer's margin, so goes everyone else. That's, you know, part of the grain chain, so to speak. And it's definitely holding true this year on elevators. I mean, the 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 opportunity, even with spreads as they are, because, you know, opportunity is not solely a function of the spreads. It's a function of buy basis, sell basis, and spreads. Mm -hmm. And so th this year has had a, it's a unique opportunity, but it has a, had a really good opportunity to utilize buy basis and sell basis, even when spreads aren't helping um, that out very much. So it's it's been a fantastic year in a lot of places of the country. And I know a lot of areas were burned up and had drought, but even there, the grain you did handle probably made a really good margin on it, especially stuff you got forward contracted early on this year. Oh, I mean, for sure. I mean, it's been been in, in, uh, phenomenal in the places that are uh, really screaming for grain right now, though, when the base is up so high, folks from out of area are being able to pick up on that and probably move grain to new markets and, and make a little better than they can locally, especially stuff moving from east to west this year. So, uh, yeah, the opportunities have been phenomenal. Yeah. And, and even these years where where guys do really well, have record years, they uh, people in their same market dealing with a lot of the similar things they are have some of their worst years. And 
they go to their GMs, their boards, their ownership group, and they say, hey, there's no carry in the market. We're an elevator. We have these big giant bins that carry grain and there was no carry, you know, in the market to reward us. So obviously we didn't make money this year. And the people that don't merchandise and don't, they, you know, that seems like a relevant excuse to them. And a lot of years are like, well, yeah, I mean, every year can't be great. We just got to make sure we don't lose a bunch of money this year. And we did. And so, you know, hey, you even made some money, which is surprising in a year we don't have carry. I, I mean, you look at me like I'm crazy, but that, that absolutely. Happens. No, it, I know and, it does. And uh, <clears throat> anyways, so that's the reason we want to talk about this is because there's ways to approach this where it can be very successful. And like, cause you say stuff like, Hey, base was really high. If you bought it early as a big margin, that's true. That was true everywhere, especially beans this year. Guys are knocking out yes, a 60, right. 70 cent margin on back to back essentially sales. And, and everybody can see that uh, when it's there and you know, no matter how you handle it, it's like, wow, it's there, you take it and stuff. So, oh, we record years, but there's a lot more to the year than just, hey, we got to back to back some 70 cent margin beans at harvest. You know, there's there's more to it. So some folks ha handle it different and have great success. Some folks handle it another way and and don't. So and then it all comes to ownership. It hinges around that. You know, it's a if you needed a reason to point out the mass importance of forward contracting. I think you don't look any farther than this year. Mm -hmm. Just an, incredible. And even the stuff bought at the beginning of harvest to the end of harvest. I mean, right. And so if you contrast that with a grain policy that guy can bring grain that's unpriced and sit on it for 30 or 45 days before they decide what to do with it, man, you have, yeah, you have lost all of that opportunity as the merchandiser this year, if you allow that. Yeah. That's a all of it. The vast majority of it is just gone due to someone else's indecisiveness in your bid. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. But it happens every year. Right. And so the other thing, when uh, there's no carry in the market, <clears throat> the market says, well, there's there's no reward for buying a bunch of grain and holding it for a long time and then selling it later. That's what the market's trying to tell you. If there's an inverse, there's actually a penalty for doing that. Um, because the grain will be worth less over time. Basis tends to follow spreads over time, and eventually basis will uh, will fall uh, over time in years where there's big inverses. So you have to pursue a a merchandising philosophy that that gets rid of grain as soon as you can. Now, logistically, you say, well, that's easy, right? You just sell it all uh, tomorrow. We'll just ship it all out. We got you know. Four and a half million bushels in the tanks. We'll just ship them all out well, tomorrow. You can't do that. I was just thinking when you were mentioning about, you know, can't carry grain this year, you know, because there's inversions. Like the railroads are helping you carry grain this year because they're not showing up. They're yeah. going on strike. Yeah. So, yeah, logistics obviously is a big, big part to say in that. But, you know, years like this is where you look at logistics and you look at basis and you say, how, how can I maximize this right now? Right. And, you know, it's not always nearby sales. I mean, we know folks have made, you know, at the beginning of harvest O&D sales, JFM, some folks, even April, May negotiated numbers out there that the buyers were willing to pay whatever carrying costs there were, even in light of flat spreads or now inverted spreads. So the opportunities there. So when we say buy and sell or not buy and then wait to sell, it's 
you may still buy first, but you're also going to sell sooner in the season as opposed to waiting till after the first year to sell. That's right. You know, it's a, it's a, there's, there's two, we always say there's two forms of time we're dealing with as merchandise. There's actual physical time on the calendar. And then there's, you know, there's, there's time of just the space you put in between the actual actions you're taking of buying and selling, you know? Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's kind of a, can be kind of a confusing concept, but you know, if you think about it, really, it seems like when spreads come up with folks that are new to it, when you say carry, the idea always is I just got to buy now and I'll wait. Well, nothing says you can't buy now, sell for six months down the road, lock in the carry and be done with it. Mm-hmm. You know, so the, the the difference between when you make the sale, and when you deliver the sale, that's that's where the difference comes into play. Right, right. Yeah. So logistically, you, you do look at this sort of market environment with with no carry or even inverses and you say, okay, the market says I should be selling it as soon as possible. Logistically, I want to max out my logistic things. And I know logistics are tough. It's hard to find trucks. Like you said, the rail thing, the river's been high, low, or I haven't high, it's been low, low and uh, tough to tough to get. It came back to normal, but now it might be receding again. And I don't know. The river's gone into backwardation. <laughs> it's, it's inverting. That's reason. <laughs> and uh, anyways, so... It's it, logistics have have been tough. So, but, but you try to get out all you can as soon as you can. But there's only so much you can get out. But like Roger's saying, that doesn't mean you still can't sell early, because in years like this, what causes a, a flat and inverted market? It's a, a lot of demand, not as much supply, and and so the market's screaming for the grain early. It's worried about running out, right? If I'm a buyer and I know the macros of all this is I'm worried about running out. I'm going to try to get some coverage out there if I'm, if I'm smart. And I know not, not all buyers are smart. You know, we've, I apologize for, for, uh, for uh, stepping on toes, but if people don't know that, you know, we joke around a lot, then I mean, at this point, what are we going to do? So you, you guys, a little aside here, but y'all saw our, our headshots for CEC. Have you seen that? The, the step brothers. Man, did they call our bluff? <laughs> Looking off kind of thing. Anyways, um, I apologize, but as as always, but back to this. So selling ahead uh to the deferred slots is easy. Buyers tend to, in years like this, pay strong numbers early because they want to make sure they have coverage when they get out, you know, their chickens or their cows or pigs or ethanol plants have to eat um, when we get out there into May, June, and so on. So they will a lot of times work with you on what you need to get coverage to carry it out there. Because logistically, you're going to maybe, you know, you can't move everything early anyways. You're going to have to carry stuff that long. So right now is the time to get out with those guys and say, hey, current market structure, my carrying costs with 7% interest or whatever it is. And, and all I, all I've got to do to get out here and no carry in the market. I need this basis number to be the equivalent of selling today at today's number. And plus a little to make it worth my while of doing it, you know? And you know, the, the spread part comes into play too. And don't hear us wrong because I can hear some people or see some people thinking, well, you know, I had spreads locked in before. And great. If you if you if you were one of the few that took advantage of say these July corn and it was 10 or 11 cent carry, even though that was not even half of you know half of your interest cost at that time, 
um, you know, what looked crappy then looks really good now considering it's, you know, what are we rolling off today at a two or three cent inversion out there? So again, we're not talking amounts that will kill a position, but we are talking about the ability to still have two options on the table. I can use this carry spread and go on out there or I can bring it back and sell sooner. Mm-hmm. Have an optionality like that's always, I think, the better better route to go. Yeah. And the option, so in years like this, there's more volatility, is what we're saying, Mm. because it's tighter market, tighter supply and demand situation. So the basis has a lot more volatility, which we've already seen right at the beginning. We had real strong uh, basis and good, good margins that we talked about. Spreads also have quite a bit of volatility. They'll move up and down. Now, one thing they generally you can't count on is oh, maybe we'll get some carry once we get like harvest is over. We've got what we've got. We're not growing another crop and you can't count on. I, I'm not saying it, there's no way anything, you know, a major live spread can't come back from that one. Year when we did the same. Yeah. I mean, that sort of thing happens, but in general, your, your big risk is, is, spreads tend to invert more as the season goes on to get things get tighter last couple years of shows now maybe it'll just kind of hang where they are that's definitely a possibility but there is a a decent possibility it inverts even more and so with those with that volatility uh, if you go out and make these early sales and you are not matching your futures position up to the appropriate months uh, so if you, so what I mean is say you bought a bunch of grain at harvest, you know, logistically, I can't move it all versus say March anyways. And now, you know, I've done the Dece roll. I'm in March. I got my short futures in the March and I'm talking to these buyers and they know, Hey, with the inverses, we're going to have to pay a bunch more and we'll go ahead and lock you in at this basis out for July versus July or whatever. I need to move those short futures out to that sale right now yeah. because while what makes that sale good is the current market structure. And I know the market structure may not be good, but that's so we negotiate the basis to compensate for that. So it all works right now today. So we have to go ahead and take that those positions out to that month, because if you don't, what made that basis good is the current market structure. If the market structure inverts a whole lot more now, that basis could be terrible, terrible. and uh, you'd be losing money on this deal. So make sure you are keeping tight. And so like Roger was saying, maybe you had some pre-spreads on, which is awesome. In years like this, getting your short positions out as far as you can uh, early, as soon as you can. Yeah. Definitely, if you've got sales versus those months, get, a, get the short futures to those months. Uh, long futures, on the other hand, if you're net long, like maybe you've sold a bunch of DP and, uh, and, and priced it, but the farmer hasn't priced his side yet, Keep those in the nearby, right? That's because that you don't know when the farmer's going to price. So you, you know, right. just again, you're trying to mitigate spread risk on whether you're long or short. Either exactly. Way. Yeah. So that good rule of thumb, especially in years like this, really any year, but especially years like this, that can really bite you if you're not uh, if if you're not tight on your on your you know fundamentals. Longs in the nearby, shorts in the deferred, as much as you can. Um, it. it like I said, the reason it doesn't in normal years, normal air quotes, you know, with, with those aren't carry, normal anymore. <laughs> with carries in the market and stuff, you don't really get burned by not keeping it exactly where it needs to be at all times, you know. Um, 
and it, you feel like you have more flexibility and stuff maybe, but years like this, you, there's just too much volatility, yeah. protect yourself. So uh, that's a, that's a good habit to have uh, in years like this, guys that are successful, the guys that are not successful, they end up getting, getting their lunch Just roll month to month. Hey, which, Hey, we're brokers. We get it. It's, it's great. It's lots of commissions. If you just roll month to month to month, but that's not good spread management. But if you, you know where, where stuff needs to be, you can see where it happened, right? So, Absolutely. Hey, I own it at 30 under March and I can make this, uh, but there's in, there's a 10 cent inverse to July. So really that's 20 under July. I own it, but I can make this sale for 50 over that's 70 cents. I'm going to have cost to carry and stuff, but that's maybe nets me 45 cents. That I'll be good. So a merchandiser makes that thing. But if they just, if that's it, so so they don't think about it. Anymore. I got my shorts here, uh, you know, or, you know, I, I got my ownership 30 under March and I got this sale. It's, I'm going to net out good on it. And so you don't think about it anymore. And you just, you know, the end of February broker calls, hey, you got to roll. Okay, roll, you know, all right. End of, <laughs> end of April. Broker calls, hey, we got to roll those maze. Okay, roll it. And then before you know it, now you didn't roll at a 10 cent inverse. You rolled at a 50 cent inverse. You know, I think a lot of the times this this tends, it seems like this happens more on basis only sales on those deferred slots. Just because futures isn't, you know, thinking about it at the time, even though it's right. a basis purchase and sell need to be managed spread wise just as much as a price purchase and sell does. Right. And so I think that, that, happens a lot too on some of these places won't let you price out a, a contract you know six months down the road so anyway you've got something to be cognizant of and, and and look i think one of the differences this year from last year or the last two years is that on the farm side it seems like there's, there's plenty of cash flow there's no need to get stuff sold and so there's more stuff being you know i don't know more stuff but it seems like you know being held on farm or unpriced or things like that so it feels like there's going to be more of a willingness to to gamble the farmers on their farm grain to see further, you know, not just, hey, I need to sell it January 2nd, but let's see what happens in February, March. You know, yeah. fine, go ahead. But this is given a, a chance for a lot of commercials to get their ownership in-house moved, sold and moved. And this is going back to the logistics thing, whereas the last few years, you know, after January, have a little rally, start buying stuff and the logistics, the logistics never get better, you know, after a post-harvest rally. It's kind of like grain never gets better once it's in the bin. So, you know, there's just a little more breathing room this year, I think, even with all the issues we've had with the river and rail and all this stuff, uh, to get some of that stuff moved out before the, you know, 10 can harvest fires up in spring or whenever it's going to happen uh, and take advantage of of these numbers because you know a lot of times like we were talking earlier a lot of times some of the basis values that buyers will post or push right now are as good as they're, they're going to get all season you know it's yeah. kind of like they hit a they hit a, a benchmark number and then they may back off but later on they're like well we paid this early we'll pay it again mm -hmm. and it's, that happens all the time and you know stuff was going to get crazy next summer it always does but who's going to hold all their grain to next summer basis wise and you know, give up the margin potential that you have right now. You know, well, you shouldn't, but I see it all the time. I know from people that, and I hope these people hit better. home runs on it. I really do. We need everybody to do good. But oh. I, so I've seen it. We talked about it before on this podcast, but there are there are people that have that tendency. It's like, all right, we have 
it's tight summer coming up. Everybody's going to be short and dad gummit. I'm going to be the guy that still has grain and I'm going to hit it out of the park. And it's really hard. And so you get out there and maybe it's versus July or versus Seth, even, you know, you're getting out in the summertime and you're like, man, I'm going to, I know I can sell 30 over today, but I've seen it hit a dollar over before. And I bet you this summer it gets a dollar 50. And I'm going to sell it. I'm going to have it and I'm going to sell it. And, and that gummit, you get out there and you do it. You sell a dollar 50 over. And I told you guys, man, I, I, I got it. And, and maybe we, we, but we did take some inverses, right? So a dollar 50 <laughs> over uh, versus 30 over, that's a dollar 20 better in basis. But maybe we took a dollar in inverses to get there. Well, now it's only 20 cents better. And how much interest cost did you have on about you that? Know, $6 <laughs> corn and 6% interest, you know, uh, you, you had that. And then <clears throat> the other problem is I held 2 million bushels and they only need 50,000. Because <laughs> <laughs> guess what? They don't want to pay a buck 50 over more than they have to. <laughs> right. Because now they think, you know, harvest is close. Let's just get by, you know, so. That's that's the other thing you run into as you get out there. They are hand to mouth. And well, and logistically speaking, of course, not everyone listening handles. And you know, a lot of guys in the Midwest don't handle wheat, so it's not a big deal. But anywhere that does handle wheat, you got to have some pin space <laughs> come come uh, June and July. So you really don't have a choice. And these are things every merchandiser knows and understands. Uh, but just putting the pieces together and trying to have that grain flow that makes sense, but. You know, the corn and bean margins that have been had this year within a month or two of harvest are some of the best I think I've ever seen mm-hmm. for such a tight delivery window. And uh, I, there's a lot of commercials that have just let loose of stuff. You know, and I think the idea now, let's try to keep our position to even up. I don't think anybody really wants to be long the basis, corn or beans or yep. whatever. Maybe wheat, you know, but uh, it's got more carry. Um, soft wheat anyway. Uh, but as far as you know, taking advantage of stuff, you got to do it. You know, some people getting a little bit short because they know they're going to buy in a bunch in JFM or whatever, but keeping that position as tight as you can, I think is is a thing to do this year and for the rest of the year. Yeah, definitely don't be long the basis. Don't fight the market um, just to chase those basis numbers because it, it seems like the between inverses and especially interest costs this year of all years, it's it's going to take it take it all and then some. Usually, any improvement you can get in the basis. Um, the other thing that that is a hallmark of these years is is basis gets good earlier than you. so normal pattern of the basis is get low at harvest time, harvest ends, we get a little recovery, thirty to sixty days in basis and a basis pop. A lot of people call it. And from then on, it follows the spreads. And we've talked about the spreads on it. So what then just means whatever it rolls off, you say it's 50 over the March. Well, that's probably going to be 50 over the May for that mm-hmm. period. And it's probably going to be 50 over July. That, that's when you yeah. say follow the spreads. The, there's care, you know, in those years, there's carry. So nominally, those deferred months are higher, but the basis is the same value versus each month. Right. If you're looking at a proper basis chart with spreads on them, the, the line <laughs> you of get the basis you get it. will go in the direction the spreads go. But uh, but anyways, so a thing that happens in years like this, though, is even, and we've seen it, 
at harvest or right towards the end of harvest, bases start screaming up early. And that is a is a can be a trap to merchandisers because they say, look, whatever it say it's October 30th and bases already, but normally we reach our peak November 30th or whatever. We we, we hit that pop. So man, if it's this good now, imagine what it's going to be such and such. And maybe JFM's your usual target. And you're sitting here thinking, man, basis is good. It got better than I thought it would pretty early. But man, imagine what it's going to be. Usually it doesn't work that way in years like this. Usually we we get that early pop and, and that's the best you can you can get. So so don't wait extra. And we've been talking heavier on corn here just because that's yeah. kind of the universal language, it seems. But you know, as far as beans, beans have been hot too because crushers, their crush spreads, Mark, like mm-hmm. we talked last episode or two ago, they've been so high. They've been gobbling up, especially here in the West, just or the Western Corn Belt. The bean base has been nuts. Uh, not so much on the river this yeah. year. Surprise. We're, we're talking like a dollar more yeah. than usual. Or even the even the can loaders on the East Coast, you know, it's it's crazy difference between the processor bid and, and the exporters out there. But same thing. The, you know, beans are so expensive, even though there is technically some carry in the bean board, it's probably not enough to entice you to not get stuff sold now, again, within your logistics capabilities. But beans and corn both have just been being sold hand over fist and mm-hmm. as it should be. Yeah. Big margins. It's great. People can afford to buy new hats because they're going to bring Jason their old ones this year. Yes. Let's go. Um, especially if you think your company is on the brink of collapse. Uh, because maybe they're completely long the basis right now. Maybe you don't have much say in that, but you know they're long the basis and you're staring down the barrel. I love collecting hats, the companies that don't exist anymore. You know, I got those are vintage. It's a collector's items as I say. They don't make them anymore. Um, anyways, another thing in years like this is hey, things are volatile, uh, lots of information and noise as we mm-hmm. call it out there that you can you can find that's very interesting very uh entertaining I mean, it, it evokes emotion and worry things like that so look at the colors on this chart it's geez. it's got to be important look at it <laughs> so bright sharp look at the contrast look at other years it does this but this year it's doing a completely different thing than it has in those other years. shocking line think about this it. line is shocking yes i can't believe this line is doing this when all the other ones are doing the other thing i'll tell you you know what years like this you see lots of line charts you you, you don't see pie, pie charts. charts nobody cares about pie charts here well i know one guy that loves pie charts and cares deeply about them tracy hinkle yeah well there's, there's always that, that he knows guy. he knows um so yeah i mean thanksgiving's over that's the that's the last of the the pie really because if, if you're looking for charts you ain't gonna you ain't gonna find it but anyways we do have a lot of market information years like this and i mean let's let's be honest it's, it's a crazy world we're living in there's there's global conflicts going on there's economic things there's is covid back is china gonna you know fight for their right to party or whatever <laughs> but i'm yes. just, <laughs> seriously it's it's a it's it's a wonderful thing it's a but it's there's scary stuff and 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 how does it affect me and the truth is a lot of it 
won't affect your long the basis or short the basis <laughs> position as much as you'd hope it would. Uh, and like I said, is I'm not saying don't be informed and don't 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 you know ignore the news. I know some people are in that vein. Just don't even look at the news. I don't know. Maybe that works. I've never tried it. You know how I love you know the the, the kid game where. They're sitting in a row of chairs and someone whispers something in the ear on the first and it goes down the row and you see what the kid at the very end said. The telephone game. Yeah, that's exactly what information is to the basis trader. Whatever happens over in Australia, floods or Brazil dollars or trucker strikes. And you think, oh, this is going to affect the basis today of the guy I'm sending grain to and dumping at. Probably not. It's probably going to get diluted and turn around. And by the time it reaches local areas, like, I don't know. What happened? I need corn in my pit out here. That's what that's what happened. Or I don't. That's all it comes down to, you know, but trying to make a connection between so many links of a chain. I mean, some people tick that way, but it, I don't know how valuable that is in the course of merchandising. Well, we're getting into that season, right? It's conference season, which I honestly love. I go, I go <laughs> sit and I listen to like an economist say like, hey, you need and, and the the other thing is like most of this stuff is driven, especially people outside of our industry, like a general economist. I'm not saying all of them are outside of our industry, but a lot of them, they're like, you know, here's the global things and and all these big macroeconomic principles and tools and what they mean and how this could do that and and all that. But most of it is driven, honestly, to to predict or or try to Forecast. understand prices. It's price driven. So that's the commercials. We're basis traders, man. I mean, don't go, don't go to say things are going to go crazy. They might, they, he might be right about that, but it's it's price. It's you know, it's not as much going to be crazy basis wise. Um, basis has a ceiling, you know, which we always say. Uh, if you're looking at chart basis charts without spreads, it doesn't seem like basis has a ceiling, but oh they have spreads. I have somebody, that's one thing at CEC. I have somebody I want to talk to personally about basis charts. Um, and I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. But I am too, buddy. Anyway. I hope I'm there. Um <laughs> sorry, I got sidetracked. But, but anyways, lots of noise, lots of lots of emotional noise. Don't get caught up in it. You, you tend to make panic decisions, emotional decisions about stuff that you know, there's a good chance it doesn't really happen anyways. Yes. So, so be, be on the lookout for, for, uh, for, for that stuff and guard yourself against it. We're, we're kind of, we've gotten to the age where the, the people that, that do the best are the ones who know how to filter out all the, all the information that's unnecessary because you, getting more information used to be, hey, we get the inside track. Now, the the best people are the the ones that can decipher it and keep out the erroneous or extraneous. That's the word I'm looking. There for. you go. That's a uh, good term. Superfluous. This episode is getting extraneous in time. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. So the last thing I'll say is, um, and this, this is true in any market, but but does have is even more magnified in markets like this uh, because there's a big gulf between guys that are successful in this sort of environment and folks that are unsuccessful in this sort of environment. And the guys that are successful and the gals that are successful are the ones that 
don't try to complicate things. This kind of goes with the noise stuff and oh, does the how does this affect it? Hey man, it's not complicated. Buy basis, sell basis. You can make it complicated. That's how our margins come from. And it costs this much to carry it. You know, keep keep it fundamental. Keep it keep uh, your basic site and all that. Keep on it. And uh, you know, the more volatile times like we're in, it it uh, it still works and it helps you focus on the things you need to focus on and don't get carried away. Sell, make a big margin, be done. Who cares what volatility is? You're, you're done. You know, so th- th- that's the awesome thing about years like this is for the most part, the bulk of your merchandising can be done. I know folks uh, that are, you know, they're, hey, the last load of grain will be shipped out of here by the last day of January. Then it'll just be managing direct ship off farm. Mm-hmm. Great. You got a lot of, you're going to have a long vacation span this year, you know, but it's, it is that. So then it, you don't have to play in that volatility market in the summertime. Great. Right. You know, find the opportunities and, and, and take them when you can, but you know, it's, it just makes life easier to do what the market is giving you and have a new, a clear path to do. Yeah. Another thing is like make the decision, whether it's a sale or a spread, like do it and move on. Don't, don't go back and look, man, if I'd have done this, if I'd have done that, you know, because we're never going to hit the perfect highs of anything, you know, basis uh, spreads, whatever. We just take opportunities that you will be compensated for serving the role you're supposed to serve in the market. So take that money when it's there and, and move on. Like, even if you don't ship everything out by January, you can have pretty much all your sales made uh, by then for sure for the year. And then you just have to perform yeah. on, you know, the logistics, but that's what I say. What do you say, Roger? I say, let's wrap it up. All right. Well, we hope uh, we see everybody next week in St. Louis. Godspeed, everyone. The city of <laughs> Arch. <laughs> the gateway to the underworld. Yes. Something like that. So anyways, we we uh, love to make fun of St. Louis because it's so easy. We're over here three and a half hours west of. But anyways, yeah, we'll be making the trek next week and see you folks there. Roger will buy you buy you all sorts of dinners and uh, peppermints <laughs> or whatever he does. We will have we'll have our own swag there. Hopefully we'll have some koozies and no guarantee. And <laughs> so don't if you wonder where it's at is out there. It's tough. Yeah. <laughs> this was your warning. If nothing else will wave at you. We've been trying to get people to send back their used koozies so we could recycle them. But <laughs> limited success. All right. See you there. As always, thanks for downloading and listening. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast and share it with folks you know in the business. And if you'd like to reach out anytime about anything at all or have any show ideas, you can always find us on Twitter at Elevators Cut. Follow us there, tweet at us, DM us, and we'll always respond. Till next time, for Roger, I'm Jason. And for Jason, I'm Roger. Thanks for listening to the Elevators Cut. Oh.